Hello and welcome to this podcast from the Generation Gap Show here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM in St Albans. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Generation Gap Show here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Clive and I present this as a baby boomer along with a millennial to talk to. And my general normal millennials aren't here unfortunately this evening, so we've got a guest millennial in the shape of Sophia. Hello Sophia. Hi Clive, thank you for having me. And thank you for coming. And um, we'll be talking to Sophia later about her life as a university student. And uh, obviously uh, that's going to be a very interesting discussion, I'm sure. So, Sophia, we're going to talk about university life because you're just coming to the end of your second year in university. So why don't you tell us about it, where you are and uh, what you're studying. Sure. So um, I go to the University of East Anglia in Norwich and I study history and politics. And I guess you could call that course a bit of a bit of a mixture of things. I personally study a bit of everything, do a bit of philosophy, do a bit of uh, modern history, a little bit of uh, more classical history. And um, yeah, uni life was a bit of a bit of a learning curve really <laughs> so i mean obviously you lived in st albans and you, your family still lives here mm-hmm. um and so to go to university in norwich it's not a place you can commute to from here it's actually quite a bit out of the way isn't it on public transport i've done that on the train so you've got to go and live there now in the first year you probably live in a sort of university accommodation is that right yeah i lived in halls for first year i think my my university especially it sort of um encourages a very community kind of living so I lived with nine other people there were ten of us in a flat um, which obviously like, you don't usually do you don't really so live with ten with people te- a flat with ten rooms a flat with ten rooms a kitchen and we all had our own bathroom oh okay yeah so they definitely encouraged us to sort of live in these sort of big houses and make lots of friends and so on and so forth yeah it was alright they're, they're, they're nice it's nice to live with a lot of people because obviously you go from living at home with your family to living quote unquote on your own and it's nice to feel like you're not actually on your own. You live with other people. Yeah, and obviously you, you get to know some people who you like and some people who actually don't. You make friends, basically. That's the, Yes, that that's is the, the point. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, it, obviously, you, you go to university, and I guess in most cases you probably won't know anybody at all. I mean, sometimes there may be somebody else you know from your school by coincidence, mm. perhaps in, not even in your year, but someone you actually do know. Mm. Um, but that's probably quite unusual. Did you, did you know anybody? I did, yeah. I knew uh, one girl who I now, I now live with, um, but she didn't go to my school. She's actually from Harpenden. Uh, so we sort of um, met up and hung out and things like that. But in general, I didn't know anyone else there. Um, I only really knew my housemates. That was it. Okay. And obviously the people you're studying with the same course and so on. How, how many people are in a sort of general group of people studying the same subject? Um, do you mean seminars or the, the course overall? Well, I'm not sure what I do mean. I mean, <laughs> in terms of this, there's a group of people who are studying something similar to you and go to most of the same things. Is that sort of 20 or 30 or oh, it's much m- larger? Oh, it's much larger than that. So in first year, if you do history and politics, all of your um, modules are compulsory. So everyone does the same modules. So each, each lecture had between 200 and sort of 350 people in them. Ah, Yes. Gosh, that's quite big. Yes, um, because of, because half of our modules were history and half of them were politics. So you had all of the politics students that obviously chose those modules and history students that chose those modules 
and history and politics students who chose those modules. So you've got some very large lecture halls there. I mean, They're huge, yeah. I, I'm familiar with a number of universities, including the local ones here, and um, they do, do have some quite large lecture halls, but I think like 120 people or something would be the maximum, so that's, that's pretty enormous. It's, yeah, it's, they're really big. They have especially, um, because a lot of first-year modules are like that, they have especially big th uh, lecture theatres like that for every building, pretty much. Right, okay, that's interesting. And um, so you were obviously a very good student, so I'm sure you attended all of those. Absolutely, every single lecture, yes. Yes. <laughs> and they start at a sensible time, like 11 o'clock or something in the morning. Oh, yes. No, no nothing happens before, before 11 o'clock, no. <laughs> I was actually choking, but there you go. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, so that's good. And it's obviously a good university, and um, so you're enjoying it. I love it there. Yeah, I really love it, especially my course. I think my course is... It was basically designed for someone like me. So that sounds perfect. Yes, yeah. I, I'm particularly interested because my daughter has been going around universities, um, hoping to start in September this year. So I, I'm obviously going to be in the the worried father sending my daughter off to some obscure place <laughs> in the country to um, go to university. Uh, I'm sure she'll manage perfectly well, but um, it's one of those things. It's quite a big life change, isn't it? Mm, yeah, it's a. Uh well, like I said, it is a big learning curve. You have to learn to live by yourself and look after yourself, and you have to learn what you can and can't ask your parents for and things like that. Right. You don't come back with a big bag full of washing. I actually did do that for all of my first year. I didn't... I'd go maybe three weeks without doing any washing and then take it all home and then go back <laughs> with a fully clean wardrobe. Ah, oh, great. I'm looking forward to this sort of thing. <laughs> uh, OK. Um, so, uh, Sophia, you um, obviously... The university you're in is in Norwich, which is a very nice city. I, I know it quite well, and um, I imagine it's a very nice place to live. It's a lovely, lovely place to live. I love St Albans. I, I genuinely do. I did a, a show here uh, a little while ago, and it was I did like my top three of everything in St Albans. I did my top three chip shops and top three monu monuments and things like that. And so I really do love it here. But Norwich is just it's lovely. It's really lovely. I like to think of it as like a St Albans, but just bigger and with really friendly people, although the people here are friendly as well. <laughs> well, also, it's, it's well away from sort of other big cities in the way that obviously St Albans is quite near London. Yeah. But Norwich is just way out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's very green, not, not completely built up. It's lovely. I really love it there. And as you're a historian, of course, historically, I think it was surrounded by water, wasn't it? Um, I but, think so, I mean, yeah. a lot of the area around there was flooded. It was sort of swampy area. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And um, so you have the same sort of vibe as St Albans in terms of lots of independent sort of food places. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. And lots of, um, I know it sounds a bit weird, but there's a lot of artists there. There's a lot of sort of little shops with independent artists and there's just a lot of like independent, um, really organic business there, which is lovely. You know, you, can, you don't feel guilty about going to a cafe because that cafe is owned by someone who lives there and it's a small business that you can support and they're everywhere. I love it. And of course there are some famous people there because um, uh, I know people involved with the uh, local community station in Norwich, which is Future Radio, give them a plug, um, and they did a talent competition a few years ago, I remember, and um, they had this sort of young ginger-haired guy turn up with a guitar. Oh. Who's obviously was fairly local. And they thought he was quite good, but I don't think he actually won the contest, funnily enough. 
Um, you know, and his name was Ed, obviously, just uh, in case you hadn't guessed. No, I have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's uh, quite good. So these things happen. We have our own local talents in and around St Albans, of course, including lots of local musicians who we do help promote. Um, I'm not sure any of them have quite reached the level of Ed Sheeran just yet, but, you know... There's still time. There's plenty yeah. of time for that to happen. Okay, so again, things like music, I mean, presumably it's like St Albans, you know, lots of bands and singers in local pubs that sort of thing yeah absolutely well that's the that's the other thing like here there's a lot of independent pubs and they're, they're happy to support local talent there's also there's another university um in norwich called the norwich university of the arts nua and uh, obviously they produce lots of musicians and visual artists and whatnot so there's a lot of scope for them to get their art out there good and it's a very supportive sort of environment there isn't it i know the yes. companies yeah yeah um, okay, well, that's nice. So, I mean, St Albans is a lovely place, but it's not the only lovely place in the country. I think we have to c concede that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and you're listening to the Generation Gap show here on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam with me, Clive, and this week with Sophia. Hello. Um, so, Sophia, you're in Norwich. Well, you're not there now, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but presumably you'll be going back or tomorrow. Tomorrow, yes. Indeed. Yeah. So, what's it like to... I mean, I, I'm just trying to get around... Obviously, you live in the university. It's pretty much in the centre of um, Norwich, isn't it? Um, actually, no, it's, it's quite just, far out. Is it? Oh. Yeah, it's really far out. I've seen the signs driving around Norwich and university. I thought it was quite close. It's a, it's sort of a 15-minute drive, but it's half an hour on the bus. Right, OK. So, there's something I got completely wrong. So, that means that to go into the city centre, you have a bit of a trek. You have a bit of a trek, yes. But um, So, I don't actually live on campus anymore. I live just outside of campus. But Norwich is very well sort of bus routed you can get everywhere quite easily so yes. on campus you can get four different bus lines and they all go through the city center so and do they operate at sensible times like after six o'clock in the evening absolutely they they go from so one line goes from three in the morning to three in the morning Okay, that's rather good, because I know around here one of the big issues for young people is that the buses all stop at something six like 6 o'clock yeah. in the evening. And that's rather difficult to get around after that. And obviously you may not have gone out by then, let alone want to go home. Yeah, it was the bane of my life for, for quite a while there. But um, no, Norwich is, is a lot easier to socialise around. And so obviously going into the city centre is for sort of eating, drinking and, and listening to music, I guess. Is, or is that a complete cliche on my part? No, you, absolutely, that's what we use it for. But we're quite lucky as well that the campus has its own concert venue, it has its own uh, cafes and restaurants and things. Well, not proper restaurants, but places you can go for dinner. So actually, if you don't want to leave campus, you don't have to, although, you know. We do, <laughs> yeah. occasionally. I suppose that's the sort of thing you learn in the first year, that you can do that, you can go outside yes. the goldfish bowl or whatever it yes, is. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and have you had any particularly good sort of bands and things that you've, you've visited or seen performed? I unfortunately have not gotten to see anyone. I've, I went to a couple of comedy shows, so I went to, um, I saw James Acaster, um, I can't remember the other two's names now, uh, one was Nathan Carter, um, but they do, they, we have a lot of famous comedians in, they do a lot of good comedy shows, um, and we've had a lot of famous bands, probably, I don't know any that you've heard of, but, yeah. Yeah, well, they're all, um, yes, I don't pretend to know everybody in this place. <laughs> I'm getting quite good on some of the more popular music, but um, I don't think they perform much around here. Although we do have this new Meraki concert, um, Meraki Festival, every year now, which um, is just outside St Albans on the showground in Redbourne. Mm. And uh, they have some pretty good people. We had All Saints last year. They were wow. Ex they were excellent. 
I love a bit of All Saints. Yeah, well, we'd kill for some All Saints. I'm sure you would. Well, they, they did a tour, but um, I don't know whether they went to Norwich. It's the sort of place I imagine most bands would find on a tour if they're doing the countries. It's yeah. an obvious place to go, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so um, I'm just trying to think about the other aspects of university life. I mean, is there anything that particularly sort of surprised you about living away from home and being in the university? The one thing that surprised me above everything else is how inept some people are at looking after themselves. Some people, they, they're like... Um, they're they're like a fish out of water and some people just take to it completely so some of my housemates um from first year about half and half half of them didn't even know how to do their own washing up and half of them could cook almost like a gourmet meal for for all of us i was astounded absolutely right i mean i, I have this theory i know people i also say about c cooking for example i think everyone including you boys out there <laughs> should learn to cook mm -hmm. because it's an essential skill or it mm -hmm. should be an essential skill so I, I think that's not surprising to me some people just don't do that they've got mothers to do that for them haven't they i just i was because i've never um personally i've never not been able to look after myself i've been brought up to be able to cook for myself and uh, given the option to clean up after myself um, so when it came to doing those for myself I wasn't I wasn't shocked that that was what was expected but uh, some people think they thought that people would look after them like yes. it would like you'd find another mother or something well I, I, some universities do have pretty much that sort of almost a valet service I know some people in the first year um, mm. I think the thing that I remember from uh, experience other people have told me about is particularly if you, you live together with several people um, you have all these big arguments over no no that's my jar of coffee or whatever and people who draw, end up drawing chalk lines on jars and bo yeah. bottles and things and uh, you know get a lot of disputes over something really quite trivial You've got, it's your turn to buy the milk so that's why the one in there's all green and nasty or something fortunately i i never had that with any of my housemates but i know people that have and i just think it's absurd i think it's absurd that people don't really know how to look after themselves sometimes well yeah by your standards though isn't it you see? true so i mean you know some people say we wash everything up when we haven't got anything clean left and so that by that time the kitchen is a mess of saucepans and mm. Stuff with ground on food. Oh, sorry, I won't go down that. <laughs> <laughs> a pretty grim route. I see, yeah, I see what it's like. Um, okay, now I mean, of course, you've been brought up properly because I think you you come from a sort of Italian family, or yes. So my mum, so um, my parents divorced when I was younger, so I ended up being um, basically raised by my Italian grandma, and my Italian granddad, and my grandma was well she's very traditional so she was like you need to learn to cook otherwise you'll never find a husband Sophia so I know how to cook I know how to clean I know how to look after myself <laughs> I was going to say exactly that I, was, I didn't want to make two stereotypical remarks but I mean clearly um, if you've got an Italian grandmother I can imagine that you probably learnt to cook pretty well yes absolutely <laughs> and you can make pasta from fresh can't you I can actually yeah and, and pizza any any carbs you want I can make those for you <laughs> Okay, this is the Generation Gap show here on uh, Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. And today we've got a, a guest millennial. So um, we're talking about university life, and Sophia's at uh, the University of East Anglia in Norwich, um, which is a very nice place. It's such a nice place, I wonder, are you tempted to probably think about staying there after you finish university? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking to move in with my boyfriend there and hopefully get flat and maybe a job. <laughs> but I'm, not, I'm probably not going to come back to St Albans, no. And that's really about sort of reality in terms of costs and so on, because presumably property and so on is cheaper in Norwich. It probably isn't that much cheaper, is it? I mean, I'm sure it's, it's a, a lot very, cheaper. Is it a very yeah. desirable place to be? Yeah. So um, 
my mum is actually look. She's. I said to her that I'm probably going to stay up there, and now she's looking of moving out of St Albans because um, the house that we have that here, it's sort of an average house. It's three bedroom, um, nice garden, nice area, but for half as much, you could have a literal mansion in Norwich with a field around it and on a country lane, things like that. And it's just so much cheaper to live there. So I'm probably going to stay there. Oh, okay. That's an interesting sort of lesson to learn, though, isn't it? I mean, I think we we do all understand that in this area, that this is a real problem. Um, And uh, in your situation, um, obviously, you know, you'll never be able to afford to buy something you might aspire to, which is basically the same sort of house that you brought up in. Mm, Yeah. Uh, It's it's a bit um, depressing, really, that I'm never going to be able to really afford to have a house here maybe if i retire with my millions but oh i don't know we do <laughs> we keep coming around to this subject we i try and avoid it because obviously we do the calculations for young people how much money you need to earn how much you need to save and so on for a deposit and it's all absurdly large numbers which is just impossible i mean even if you sort of leave university and go straight off to some incredible job in the city where they give you a hundred thousand pound bonus and this sort of stuff it's still actually not possible to to afford anything and what sort of job do you aspire to have you got any ideas i mean i I know when you sort of at school people ask this question and they say oh well i don't know yet i'll go to university and i'll decide and then of course you're hitting the period when you're coming to the last year at university which we from presumably september Mm. and you also still haven't really any idea i think is that the case um, I have a vague idea. For the, pa- for the past couple of years now, um, ever since I sort of started doing politics seriously, I've wanted to be a journalist. But since going to university, everyone tells me that there, is, there isn't much scope for that anymore. So, um, but that, that was originally why I got into um, I'm working here at RV and I did a little show a little while ago and I really enjoyed it and that really like sort of sparked the flame for me so I think that's probably what I'm going to try and get into if there's any room for it if not I'm told that a lot of history graduates go into PR so I might just <laughs> do a bit of PR right I mean yeah PR and marketing I suppose yeah. there's lots of scope there. I think journalism is interesting actually I mean I know there are um, courses in journalism at our local universities for example and they've recently added radio journalism to it because it's actually a growing area mm. um, which is quite interesting because radio is one of those things I mean it's been around for a long time we used to call it steam radio you know, and it has an old fashioned idea when, when television first came along they thought oh radio is going to be dead and of course it wasn't and in fact it's multiplied and radio is now all around us big business it's a big business mm. it's also branching out so not just radio i mean we do loads of things like podcasts and so on as well and that's created sort of new markets and all those things are looking for creative talent is the sort of phrase we're looking for and i think if you are a journalist or you know someone who can tell a story basically um and a journalist's the best journalists do that sort of thing, don't they? They tell a story yeah. about things. Um, I reckon that's really going to be something that's still open to a- lots of people. Um, obviously, if you're just a sort of journalist who has to go around to sit in council meetings or write obituaries or something, it's probably not terribly exciting. Um, I have seen examples also of actually computer AI systems which have been um, taught to write sort of press releases and journalism-type stories. And, of course, that will happen and they can do that sort of thing. But it's not quite the creativity that you, you can have. As, as a human being, you can do something rather better than that. And I guess a lot of journalists go into writing books and things like that, and they're not going away either. Mm, yeah, I'm, I know that there is, there's a lot you can do with it. It just really depends whether by the time I've 
finished my degree and got all my quote-unquote qualifications how much I'm going to stick out of that market because it is a growing market but as it grows it gets more and more saturated so I think by the time that I actually go into it it might be such that I can't find a job for someone that because I don't actually do journalism um, and I have been told by a, a couple of people that if you don't really do journalism as your degree you're slightly less preferable but I, I suppose it depends what my situation is in in two years I think obviously if you're going into a career I mean, in my day when when I was sort of leaving um, school because I did go to university briefly but I didn't stay on to be honest um, but I mean I went into a job um, you know you're looking for a career in those days mm. and you have to start thinking in terms of well it, this may not be doing terribly well now but in the next 10 years 20 years is it going to be something that grows or is it something that's going to be dying and I know these days people don't really look at it in the same sense because often changing careers is quite common and you know there's lots of things you could start doing now and then find out that they're going to be completely redundant in a few years time and there is this whole story which we've discussed on other programs in this series of um, the whole thing about robots taking over everything they're not going to take over everything but they will certainly change the way things are done you know you, you tend to be they perhaps back back you up they're a tool in some ways and so all these things you have to look at and i don't know how to advise anybody because i don't know the future either but it seems to me that um you know if you've got a, a skill the ability to um sort of write something about something that's been going on or some sort of story type things i think that's a skill that can be sort of tuned and changed around to fit into all sorts of new circumstances um i actually met someone the other day who was um quite young and he told me he was writing a scree a script for a, a new television series and i sort of looked a bit blank and thought really he, he actually had a, a genuine sort of um contract from somebody to write the script wow and so things like that and mentioning you know like netflix's and yeah. amazon those sort of people they've expanded hugely the numbers of original dramas which are on television and then it's like hollywood it's sort of you know the sort of tv programs now have got budgets like hollywood movies um and so if you're a creative writer who could fit into that you do history a historical based series there's lots of those around yeah, maybe. mainly involving yeah. time travel as well actually usually oh uh, don't <laughs> don't get me excited i i've lo i've loved doctor who all my life if i ended up one day writing for doctor who that might that might blow my mind that might be too much <laughs> yeah you have to move to cardiff rather than norwich for that one but there you go mm. um yes i mean i think but those sort of things are you know expanding uh, creative things no robot is going to be able to write those things in a sensible way they can write a sort of script together which has been pieced from all the other ones it learns there's, all the previous ones and that kind of stuff yeah there's a there's a thread on twitter um of just ai's so you tell the ai write a horror film and it just come they come up with the most hilarious scripts the most stereotyped nonsensical s scripts so there's definitely going to be a scope for someone who can actually write horror films and actually write a proper well, for a long time there's been um uh, sort of computer programs to, uh, to help you write um, film scripts and they lay it out in the way that they do for films and i remember seeing one of these and it's funny and i just joked you kind of just click on a button say insert car chase here <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's, some of them seem like that's what that's how it's done you know, it's just a formula um but then obviously formulas work for films i mean you think james bond mm. they just rewrite the same story every time and just sort of slightly change the names and things like that sorry i, I, I shouldn't be so rude about them, but basically you know what's going to happen all the way through because it's just the same old film over and over again right um well, that's you settled in, so you could be a, a creative um, writer for uh, TVs and things. That's good. Good job. 
yeah, I've come out with a new career prospect. And you can do that anywhere. I mean, the thing about, you know, the internet and so on is, of course, you can sit in your um, nice little house in your big garden in Norwich and write a script, which is going to then be produced in Los Angeles. Yeah. Why not? Absolutely. Okay, right, that's you settled then. <laughs> I should be a careers advisor, obviously. So, um, right, now we're talking about we are having sorted your career out for the future, which was obviously very helpful, I'm sure, to you. Mm -hmm. um, you can thank me later. <laughs> um, I think that um, it is one of those things about careers advice from universities, and it's, it's something which I've heard is not very good still in many universities. And some are very good, but it's like school. They always have some teacher who's given the extra job of being the careers advisor. Mm. And they really don't have any idea about world outside schools. Mm. I imagine the universities are probably similar. Have, have you, you already been sort of nobbled by somebody asking? I have, yeah. yeah. I've, I've been... So what happens at my uni, which is... I think it's hilarious. I don't know if it happens anywhere else, but I find it hilarious. So obviously we have our lectures every week. And then come to maybe week week 10 or 11 out of 12, you go along to your lecture and you expect your normal lecture and it'll be someone from the career service. <laughs> and yes. they just hijack the lecture. And obviously you've turned up, so you can't just walk out. But they ambush you. They absolutely ambush you. I think it's hilarious. I, just, I mean, I was lucky last year I didn't actually go to many of my... <laughs> But, um, lectures, but do they just say to you you've got to sort of think about the future and what you might like to do and what aspects or do they say look you really need to be you know an accountant because we always need accountants or they actually they don't really do either they mostly just tell you um about cv um workshops and things like that i've never had anyone actually ask me what do you want to get into i think that's something that actually happens sort of more organically through your course and you end up getting sort of networked into people. I don't think the career service really do that. They mostly just sort of um, read your CV, maybe tell you, you know, what to do next or what's changed, but they don't really get too involved, in my experience. Because I had this discussion um, with others who have been advised, you know, that what you do is you, you do your CV and you polish it and you use the right words and make it look nice and all that sort of thing, obviously to sell yourself. And then you just basically put it through to some website and they will then put it through a system which obviously matches you up with potential employers who then contact you and offer you a job. And I don't believe a word of that. <laughs> because it's just not really how it works. Uh, at the other end, the big employers, if you're looking at a really big company that employs you know, thousands of people and maybe recruits hundreds in a year, um, they don't have an army of people opening envelopes and going through it like they used to. They get everything electronically and they've basically mm -hmm. got an automated system which just looks through them all and picks out some key words they want and yeah. then chucks all the others away. Uh, in, so I personally like have never really been through that process, but my boyfriend's just coming to the end of his master's and he's almost frantically looking for a job now. And that is exactly what happens. He applies to a website, they send it off, and then he, you know, he either gets to do an aptitude test uh, with a bunch of really non-relevant questions, and um, or he gets rejected. And the only other way that people tend, in well, except in his position, he does computer science. And he's got a bachelor's degree. You'd think he's highly, highly employable. But the only other way he's actually seen any kind of success is just through recruiters, just talking to them. He hasn't even sent them their CV and they've asked for sort of little interviews and to come in for the day and things like that. So I guess it's just two routes. You either network yourself in or you go through some website. 
I think there's a third route, which is an old-fashioned one. It's basically a bit of who you know. Yeah. And it's also a bit of research. Now, you know, as a student and even at school, you learn about sort of doing research. It's dead easy these days. There's things like Google that can do lots of research for you effectively. So if you decide that you want to work in a particular sort of field and you look around and say, well, there's these companies and there's these companies locally who do this, do your research, look the company up, look at their website, find out the name of people like the managing director or something, mm. and you contact them and you write them a letter. Write them a personal letter in ink and pen and post it to them. It throws the system completely. They're only used to having things electronically. Someone getting that actual letter addressed to someone senior in the company... Um, they won't know what to do with it, so it goes through like a VIP thing. It'll be they wouldn't dare open it, for example, and they go and give it to the person and so on. And I'm slightly joking, but I reckon it works because I've done this with, or I have suggested this to several people who have told me it did work. And they didn't necessarily get a job at the end each time, but they certainly got through the door and they got interviewed and they got asked to come in. Mm. And so obviously at that point, it's about selling yourself and so on. But I think it does work. And obviously, you know, you, you may know somebody, you know a friend whose father is head of such and such a company or, you know, whose mother works in such and such a company, this sort of thing. You think, oh, that might be an interesting place to work. And at your age, the first few jobs you have, you know, you can try something. It doesn't really work after a year or two. It's not a big deal. You know, when you're older, dropping in and out of jobs looks a bit bad on your CV. But mm -hmm. starting out... You do two or three different jobs over five years or something like that. Nobody cares. That's mm. fine. You're finding things you, you like or don't like and whatever. And I think that's the approach to take. You have to personalise it. Okay. Because every company is run by people at the moment anyway. And they're some <laughs> robots. Um, and, um, you know, they are the people who you need to sort of get to. And even if it's a big company and they've got their own HR department and so on, you can still bypass those if you happen to have a contact with someone. Mm. And frankly, living in a place like St Albans, you know somebody who's appropriate for that. Everybody oh, yeah. does. Yeah, everybody does, absolutely. So there's my advice. Oh, I'm giving advice again. Right. <laughs> I think You should get paid for this. <laughs> I should get paid for this, shouldn't I? Okay, but it... Does that make sense, though? Am I being really stupid? It seems to me that's the point, that, that it's, you know, it's not a big faceless bureaucracy or a computer system or an email system you just chuck something into and hope something will come out. It's, it's really stupid to think that. I certainly don't think it would ever do anyone any harm, so... Right, so... Oh, time's running out already, Sophia. So there you are. Thank you very much for coming in today, and it's been really interesting to uh, learn about your university life, and uh, I wish you luck for the future with all that... Thank you. Thank you for having me. I had a blast. Okay. And uh, so uh, you can join us again. Not us. I don't know who will be next week, actually. I'll have to catch up and find out. Um, the programme Generation Gap show here on 92.6 FM is every Thursday evening at 9 o'clock. So do tune in. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Generation Gap show here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you'll listen again to the show. You can subscribe from iTunes. Google Play, and of course from Radio Verum's own website, radioverulam.com.